All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, yet another week in the books, and here we are just to discuss our Week 15 recap. Week 16 is literally already here. We are less than 24 hours away from, from kickoff. Uh, what a wild week this has been for NFL fans. We had games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, two on Monday, and two on Tuesday. My wife considered evicting me from the home because I was taking over the main television in our household. How'd you enjoy that slate of games? First of all, awesome job bringing that back, man. Though sitting to my right is my right hand man. That's a throwback. All right, throwback. I'm liking that. I'm liking that. Uh, I actually thought I died this week and went to heaven because I'll tell you right now, this is football every day. Even if it's a bad game, it's fantastic. I personally think they got to get rid of like Thursday night game. I get rid of Thursday night games and then like you know make it Saturday game. I I just the more days you can have on uh, football is fantastic. I agree wholeheartedly. Listen, I despise Thursday night football games. I think I it's do. A, they're always it's, the worst games. It's a, I think it's a crock of shit. I think it is like for a league that preaches player safety and yada yada yada, like that is just so counterintuitive. But I understand the why they so bad on the field too. It's it, dude, like you just get people who would probably suit up on Sunday who don't suit up on Thursday. Like this is a violent game. It takes time to recover, and what? But I under like I understand because during the thick of the season. It's TV contract driven, right? Mm-hmm. And all those other, you know, Fox and CBS and NBC and anybody and ESPN, anybody that would cover a game, they're covering college on Saturday, right? So mm-hmm. there's money that's driven there. There's money that's driven to the NFL. So I feel like fr- even a Friday night game would be more conducive to a player's health than Ooh, a Thursday Friday night game. Night. Yeah, Friday Night Lights, baby. I mean, that's what like we grew high up school with. Style, high oh, school style, you know, um, dude, you remember how jacked up you get for a Friday night game versus a Saturday afternoon game as a high school football player. But let's just—it just makes sense to me, Lou, that in the first ever in our lifetime, eighteen-week regular season NFL schedule, it just turns into utter chaos, right? So, like, on top of all this COVID madness. We have crazy, crazy battles taking place in the AFC and the NFC. There are several teams in both conferences fighting for those final two to three playoff spots. I honestly think the AFC is a little bit more wild than the NFC, and just in terms of record for competition, right? But there's still like similar number of teams that are are essentially still in uh, contention. But I literally can't recall a time where it was this tight for so many teams and so many spots, right? Usually when we're talking about wild card, talking about two spots. Now wild card looks a little bit more like three spots. So right now you have six teams still in contention, not including the seven teams currently holding spots in the AFC. In the NFC, you have four teams still technically in contention, not including the seven teams still holding spots. And what's even wilder is if you break this down mathematically, there are only two NFC teams that are mathematically eliminated and only three AFC teams 
that are mathematically eliminated. So in a 32-team league, you erase those five teams. There are 27 teams biding for 14 playoff spots. How crazy is that? Yo, that's insane. Call it mediocrity. Call it um, uh, balance or whatever you want to call it. it. Whatever. This is the NFL's wet dream. The fact that there's so much parity and there's not just that the dominant because it keeps every fan base engaged. It keeps more eyes on, on you know, uh, you know, on the television. And you also think about, I know us, we're obsessed fans, so we'll watch any football just like we did this past week. But there are more casual fans that only watches their team or focuses on their team. And uh, when more teams are out, I'm assuming more eyes are getting taken off uh, of the screen. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wild story. Um, <clears throat> tell you right now, I actually I would agree with you. I think the AFC is way wilder than the NFC right now, wide, more wide open. And if I really want to drill down on that, I think the, uh, the AFC West is perhaps the most wildest division right now um, in football. I'm not saying the best, but the wildest because – uh, you have the Chiefs, the Chargers, and and the Broncos, and also the Raiders, all still within like, like a game or two of each other. Like it's just that that is quite uh, you know quite telling to say the least. I mean, you got four like you said, four teams, one division. One's like nine. Was one one is like uh what nine and four, nine and five. One's eight and six. The other one's eight and six, and the other one's seven and seven. Yeah, so that is insane. That it's you're talking about a two game swing, right? With three games left to play, and they all <laughs> play each other. Yeah, and the NFL did this on purpose, right? Oh. So, so you see a lot of teams playing divisional games to wrap up the season, uh, to add to that slippery slope of competition. This is premeditated. This is exactly the NFL news what it was doing, <laughs> which is not often. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I can yeah. say, and I read this the other day, so I'm stealing somebody's clout. And I, I, I would give the person the credit if I remember who said it, but I know that I read it and this is not my own thought. But right now, the NFL seems to be littered with good teams. You think it's but good? No, but no great teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like the we talk about every week where the, the number one seed in each conference just tends to slide and tends to shift. And it's literally week to week right now like i got a conspiracy theory for you have you noticed yeah. how the teams have been shifting every time we give them a shout out on the on this show the next week they should they shit the bed and start doing bad and all the right cardinals we, we did the cardinals we did the patriots uh you know we did the, the titans the bills i mean we gave buffalo the afc championship seven weeks ago <laughs> yo we have to show yo we had to show some love with kansas city today <laughs> let's you know what? Let's go out of our way to do that right now. Yo, best team we're in at NFL. It, Kansas City's best team yeah. in the NFL. Can we do that for the Rams? Can we continue to do that for the Cardinals? Um, and let's shit all over the 49ers and the Chargers. That should yeah. probably be our, <laughs> our play moving forward. But when just, just to my point, right? Like the, the parity and the, the the changes from week to week. I mean, dude, we're literally coming off a week where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get shut out at home against the New Orleans Saints. The Taysom Hill led New Orleans Saints, where their head coach literally wasn't even in the building due to COVID restriction and protocols. And you have the Cardinals go on the road and get lambasted by the one-win Detroit Lions. Like, Lou, this is the NFL. And here's the icing on the cake for us, for people like you and I. We also had the fantasy football playoffs begin 
this week. It is just a wild ride, a wild time. It is what I am here for. And honestly, let's call it what it is, Lou. This is quite frankly why you and I started this goddamn podcast almost a year ago to begin with. Because when I try to speak to my wife and try to explain these scenarios, as supportive as she is, as loving as she is, and as much as she tries her best to keep pace, she basically is at the point now where she just gives me this look and she's like, I'm happy for you but I literally don't care. <laughs> like, I literally don't care. Like, that's where we're at, right? Because like, oh, my God, really? Like, Kittle score another touchdown? Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Affectionately known in my household as Skittle. Um, that's <laughs> my that's That stems from my mother, actually, who claims to be a lifelong New York Giant fans, but I but I am her firstborn son, so she and firstborn child, so she has allegiance to me. And I tease her all the time. She is secretly a 49ers fan, but she has to keep up the act because she'll text me all during the 49ers games. Like she won't even a word during the Giants game. During the 49ers game, are you okay? Everything all right over there? Is your heart popping out of your chest? Like it's well, it's wild. To her defense, uh, what the hell is she gonna be texting about the Giants game for the yeah, last four all, years? <laughs> that's also true. It's also true. I mean, you saw an article on ESPN, right? Like the demise of the Giants and uh, the Jets I, I over the last ten years. I didn't read it yet either, but I saw the titling and I was like, mm, I like, might avoid happened? that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything you want to add to that wild opening, Lou? Anything no, that, no. You, that stands out to you from like the past week? Uh, I get. I think we should. Get just right into in. it. Yeah, let's All just right. yeah, let's uh, put the you know put the the snorkel on whatever you know the cap on. Let's just dive right into this pool. All right, so we'll begin like we always do with our hometown takes. Uh, your Chargers had the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a little bit to say about this. I'm sure you do as well. My 49ers hosted the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Lou, you and I were talking about this jumping in. Normally we do like the good, the bad. Um, doesn't sound like based on these games, there's going to be a clear division between good and bad. So I'm just going to let you take the reins and go ahead and dive right into it. No, I'm not. Um, I'm going to, let's just, let's just clear the air. Uh, you know, the elephant in the room, we're going to talk about the Chargers game, your opinion, fourth downs. I think this is where, this is where you have to start the conversation with, the, with this uh, yep. uh, past game. Um, <clears throat> and I think this is going to be real interesting for me. You know, me, I'm the analytical uh, guy, Uh I've been made fun of for uh, enjoying the combine because I'm basically watching a gr bunch of grown men in sh tight shorts work out. And tight so shirts. Yeah, and tight shirts. So I'm very analytical in regards to, like, their height, their weight, their broad jump, stuff like that. You are the antithesis. You are the eye guy. The, the eye guy. guy. So come, I, we're, we're completely different. You, lay it on me. Talk to me. You, you want think? me to start with these fourth downs? Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, because then I – I have a feeling I I just need to set the record straight, but go ahead. So real quick, and I, I want to make the statement, this goes back to just what you were talking about with the combine, is my high school coach who coaches in the NFL right now, um, so is was predominant for where we were. I used to get nervous every offseason for varsity football when he'd be like, when there was just like new kid moved to the school or whatever it was and like, you know, everybody looks good in, in shorts and, and, you know, your cutoff shirts back in the day. That's how old we are. And he would tell me that. He's like, look, everybody looks good in shirts and shorts. I never when did. the pads are on, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when the pads are on, that's what matters. Let's see what you have. So just well, that's, to, an old, that's an older school mentality, though. They got to think about it. that's what, 20 years ago? 
yes actually i just, I just baited us you just so, got scared shitless <laughs> somewhere between 20 and 22 years ago to be exact for this time frame but you laid something on me and i think the most talked about aspect of this game was the fourth downs so i want to be very transparent no i need you yes go ahead i do not have a problem with the majority of the fourth down attempts and let me tell you why because this has been the staple of this LA Chargers offense all year. Brandon Staley is like, he's almost taking a page out of Bruce Arians book, like no risk it, no biscuit, right? Like this is what we do. Like we go for it. He's an analytics guy. I, I honestly hate the analytics. Like I'm like play football points are points. So the opening drive got to go for it on fourth down there. You just had this massive kickoff return, right? Where special teams helped you out. It's the Kansas city chiefs got to score touchdowns totally get that so i'm i'm all on board with that which is like contradictory to my statement about like the 49ers against the jacksonville jaguars when they didn't go for it and they kicked the field goal but difference 18 play drive 13 minutes of clock gotta get points there this was hey you returned it almost to the house and you had a handful of plays so like barely any times come off the clock i feel like you gotta go for it there and if you don't you turn the ball over inside their own 10 yard line free possession, right? Like that's the way I look at it. So I have no problem with the fourth downs. The, 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 you know, one of them, Joshua Kelly fumbled going into the end zone, right? Like going over the top, fumbled. And you know, and you know how much I love Joshua Kelly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I've so, bashed him on here. So some of this comes down to execution. So I don't, I don't fault them for going in those scenarios, but I have one, one that stands out to me that no matter how many times you ask me this question, no matter what, the scenario looks like my answer is always going to be take the points. And it was the fourth down right before the half. Neither defense have stopped each other, right? Neither defense has stopped each other for the most part at this point in the game. It is a four point game. The chargers have the lead. Patrick Mahomes has the ball with a little bit more than two minutes left in the game. Takes it down. You guys, I, I think you forced a turnover, right? So free. Joey Bosa, yeah. Yep, yep. Sack Bosa, fumble. strip, sack, fumble. So free possession. Lee, for by you. the way, lead league in strip uh, sack, fumble there. Yes. Who gets the ball to start the second half? Kansas City Chiefs do, right? So that comes into play here as well. So to me, what, is, what does every team try to do? If you get the ball in the second half, you try to score right before the end of the first half. You get the ball again. You try to score, right? You, two scores now separates the game. You got a free possession. You go down there, you have to kick that field goal. You have to make that a true one-possession game. You have to make that a seven-point game. Have to kick the field goal there, especially knowing that you don't get an immediate chance of redemption to start the second half. So the other ones I got no problem with. Game flow dictated. You got to go for it. That one I have a huge fucking problem with. That is the one where the eyeball test comes out and the old school mentality comes in and says, take the points, period. And look, like I could sit here and tell you that in hindsight, 12 points, right? Like that's 12 points that were left on the field. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'll tell you those were the three most important points left but you on just, the field. But you just did. <laughs> I uh, could, but like I did, but like I didn't harp on it. Those three that they left there right there, Lou, that's the football game. You suck, Weston, uh, because I really thought you were going to have a bigger problem about them going for fourth downs. 
this has to stop this bashing of the fourth down. Like you said before, it is not uh, going for it that that did them in. It was the execution. Execution. You're right. Okay. On the for, on the first uh, possession, Donald Parham on on fourth down dropped a wide open pass. By say, can we hold got, on one second? One second yeah. here. I and and only because you're mentioning that person's name, like prayer still out for like. Donald Parham, right? Like I, I've been a fan of his all season. Um, he's been fantastic. He's been a great addition to that football team. I like my heart aches for this individual, a 24 year old kid, right? Like, and I know he left the hospital the next day and what have you, but like, bro, that was serious. And the convulsions that you saw and talking to doctors, like, he's not coming back this season. I, I don't know. So. I don't know what the longevity recovery looks like for that. But one thing I want to say was like. Just a sobering reminder that these players are people too, and they play a very, very violent sport. And we sit here and critique the shit out of these people, but we're we're nobodies, right? Like these are the people. But one thing I want to say is like, this is why I love football. My wife, right? Like who does her darndest to like keep pace with me. She asked me the entire rest of that football game. That happened on the first drive of the game. Have there been any updates on Donald Parham? Any updates on Donald Parham? She's on her phone. I'm asking her what she's doing. She's Googling updates on Donald Parham. The next day, every 30 minutes, dude, she come downstairs into my office. Hey, have you heard anything about Donald Parham? Like, this is what I love about football and what it brings together. And the only reason why I'm saying this is Donald Parham is now my wife's favorite player in the NFL. I might have to buy her a Donald Parham jersey, but like, that needs to be said because people just need to remember that these are just people too, and they're playing a kid's game and they're just better at it and they get paid to do it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail you because no, I know you're on the no. spot, but like I, my heart goes out to that man. My heart goes out to his family. And I truly, truly hope that even if he never plays a down of football again, he gets to live a, a long life. Cause we've only seen injuries like that a couple times, dude. We've only seen Dennis bird, you and I in our lifetime, mm-hmm. Eric Legrand from Rutgers in our lifetime, but that looked almost as serious. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was serious. It was, it, it was uh, sobering to say. But he least. was wide open. He was wide open. Yeah, so, all right, so we're get, getting back to the fourth down plays. First one, Donald Parham open in the end zone, dropped a touchdown. Like, well, he was wide, wide open. open. Wide open. So, why is that on Staley? That's on player execution. Mm-hmm. Uh, second one, Dirty Dan Sorensen batted a pass down. That's not on Staley. That's by the way, it was going to Keenan Allen in the flat, and Keenan was fairly open. He sure as hell would have walked in because it was a pick play. That's just a great play. By you're forcing the, the Kansas City G- defense to play to have to make a great play. All right. Uh, the next uh, a couple of ones later, Cook dropped a wide open pass at the goal line. That's execution. That's not on Staley. Uh, and then you got the Joshua Kelly fumble. How's this on Staley? How's this on the coach? This is not on the coach. This is on the players. Uh, and I love how he stuck up for them in his press conference, saying, "This is going to be, this is going to be me. This is going to be us." He had to go to the players, uh, you know, before the season started, like, "Hey, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to go for it. Uh, statistically, it's going to work out for us, all right." But there's going to be times when they're not, and I'll take the heat for it and what have you. But all that being said, if you love Staley when he was going for it against the Kansas City Chiefs and winning that game against uh, the Cleveland Browns winning that game, against the Cincinnati Bengals winning that game, all going – if you loved him then, why, you are being petty right now and hating him now. 
it's it, this is a process. All right, there is a guy from Yahoo Sports or, at uh, at home. He basically compared it to blackjack. Now I'm not a good blackjack player at all, uh, but I know there's like a systematic rules of blackjack when you're supposed to hit and when you're not hit, not supposed to hit, and when you're supposed to hit, you don't want to hit, but statistically saying you have to hit because more likely the the dealer will bust you. Right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Staley's philosophy. It's going to work most of the time, but you might not like what's going to happen. But all the plays, all five fourth down uh, attempts, statistically speaking, he should have went for it because he, if he made one, just one more of those fourth downs, they win. The game game is 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 locked. It's done. It's like there was there would be no, uh, you know, controversy with how it was going to end. So statistically speaking, it, it you know it makes sense and. I'll tell you right now, he can't go back on his message with the team. They know that because some some of my friends were talking to me about like this has to demoralize the team. The players have to be pissed. Here we are, we played a great game. You put us, but like they put us in a bad position to not win this game. I I disagree. He's all he's ridiculously transparent. You can't tell me he addressed the team before the season. Tell him like this is how how it's going to be, and they're prepared for this. All right, so you can't. What would it look like now if he changed his tune and be like, you know what, we're not going to be as aggressive? He no, did that. The team, yeah, the team would be like, well, wait a minute, you, you pumped us up. It, it was working, and one time you're shying away now. And the time they were quote unquote conservative and punted more than they went for, it was against the Vikings. How did that turn out, by the way? So I'm telling you right now, I, I, I've seen over conservativeness with the previous regime, right? And I've now seen over aggressiveness. With this, with this uh, new regime in, in place, I'll take over aggressiveness ten times out of ten, uh, you know, every week because at least it, it, you're just fighting to, you know, fighting to win and getting a census from all the Charger fans out there. I'll tell you right now, we are not upset that at all. There is not one person calling for Staley's head because we all think that hey, we're ride or die. You're, you're trying to do something different, and. For the most part, I took a lot of pauses out of the game. I felt like we had them on the ropes. And I felt like this is a, a, a situation. I'm, so I'm going to say this. I'm no longer scared of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right? I'm no longer scared because I feel like – and I'm not, I'm not uh, taking anything away from Kansas City, right? They are a fantastic team. What I am saying is that the L.A. Chargers closed the gap. Kansas City is still fantastic, but guess what? L.A. is right behind them. And I felt like, uh, you know – I'm going to compare it to a scene, right, <clears throat> from uh, an amazing movie called Fast and Furious. All right, <laughs> hear, hear hear me out. All right, hear me out. All right, so the, the L.A. Chargers are um, <clears throat> they are uh, Paul Walker's character, and in the movie, Paul Walker is an undercover, uh, you know, detective trying to infiltrate a gang of uh, you know vigilantes. Um, so he races. Uh, Dominic Toretto, who's played by Vin, T- Vin Diesel, all right? So the first time they meet, they race each other, and Paul Walker has Vin Diesel on the ropes. But then he blows his tranny, doesn't finish the race. So now Paul Walker owes Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto, I think a, a pink slip for his car. So Paul Walker goes to Vin Diesel and goes, dude, I had you. And Vin Diesel goes, you had me? You never even had your car because his car got wrecked during the race. But Vin Diesel was deep down inside, respected him, and uh, pre- and was scared. And I think this is what's happened with Kansas City. 
They're like, wow, th- this team is for real. Herbert's for real. This coach is for real. Tyrone Matthew even went on Twitter numerous times saying that, yo, Herbert's been calling out my plays. He knew exactly the coverages I was in. Uh, he's for real. He's like, yo, that was a great game. Much respect to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, they got a lot of good things going on over there. Like, you have to th- – that's game-recognizing game right there. And I'll tell you right now <clears> – <throat> Uh, I, I, I have, I came, I, I came more positive than negative. It's eerily re, uh, reminiscent of the time that the Patriots played the giants uh, in the pre in the regular season, uh, lost to the Patriots, but like, yeah, I think we kind of figured them out a Beat little bit. I think we'll be, yeah, I think we'll be, it'll be different if we get there again and look what happened. Wild game, dude. Um, I, do you want to know? So outside of the fourth downs, and I still hold my ground. There's only one that I question. And the reason I question is because of the scenario is why I question it. Other than that, the philosophy, like Brandon Staley's had that conversation. Of course, if the players are pissed off at all, they're pissed off at themselves, not at their coach. And it's about execution. Like look at John Harbaugh last two weeks has lost football games because of going for a two point conversion at some but, point in the game. But but look at the interaction on the field, field. like on the on the talking to his coaches, though. talking to his players, and they've all it's inclusion, said, it's empowerment. Coach, we gotta do this. I feel like we gotta do this, right? This is so, a long term play. Yes, you're 100%. right. Hundred percent. This is coach, you believe in us. Coach, we believe in you. And sometimes it's gonna work out and sometimes it's not gonna work out. To me, again, the biggest one was at the end of the half. You have to take those points. That's just that's just me. The biggest thing for me from this game was when Derwin went out. Oh my god! All okay. of a sudden, Travis Kelsey. All and, right, so Travis and yeah, ruined Travis. my fantasy football hopes. <laughs> ruined everything with his performance. But it is it coincidence that all of a sudden thirty three is out of the game and now eighty seven is available and is. Is 7-Eleven open 24-7 when prior to that, like, was a statistical anomaly, just non-existent in the game? Love Kelsey. Kelsey's – I mean, hate, hate him as a person. If he was on my team, I would love him type stuff. Uh, second best tight end in the league. We all know who the first one is. We do, uh, don't we? <laughs> I'm not just doing that to blow smoke up your ass. No, so. I, I get it. I get it. But but Appreciate I'm, it. I'm telling you, Kelsey's kryptonite is Derwin James. It always has been. All right. And you can like, like, all right, what's the proof in the pudding? I got stats here real quick. When James was on the field 20 with a bum hammy, by the way, he had 26. He played against Kelsey 26 times, 26 snaps, allowed one catch for 14 yards. Yep. Soon as James went out, Kelsey went bonkers. Uh, 41 uh, snaps without uh, James, nine catches, 177 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. As soon as James went out. They had two. They, I'm not making excuses, because you, but they did have two practice squad, the, the practice squad safety and a practice squad uh, cornerback playing against Tyreek Hill. So the, the the one in overtime is the one that perplex, perplexes me the most because it felt like there was this like force field around Kelsey that no matter where he ran, just people couldn't get around <laughs> it. You know what I mean? It was just like, don't tell me it, the, the to me the play looked like it was in slow motion and that. Still couldn't get there, but dude, this is why it's it's important and good teams, especially on the defensive side of the ball, have impact players at all three levels. Yeah, and yeah, Derwin no. James is that impact player 
at the third level of a defense that takes offensive weapons out of the game. And you saw it right away. Saw it right away. As soon as coaches were like, whoa, hey, 33's not out there no more. Let's go. Let's go. 87, middle of the field all day long. All day long. And real quick, and then we'll and then we'll uh end end this uh charades here. Uh we all were saying, wow, the Rashawn Slater was a uh, loss pregame because of COVID was a huge loss. That's, that's going to be huge. Now they're having pressure from both sides of the ball now because Trey Pimpkins is playing or trying to play this game called football. But all can aside, Trey Pimpkins, the offensive line wow. was phenomenal. It's only about six pressures. Dude, the whole offensive line, and this is in, in my notes here, right, is they kept Herbert clean. And I don't I think love, Her- yes Herbert I- had the best game. I don't think he had the best game. I think he had a really good game. And I think when you're like the Kansas City Chiefs, who's the perennial powerhouse in the AFC West, you're still worried because you're like, oh, damn, number seven didn't even have the best game. And we still came down to like the wire. I don't think they did anything spectacular on offense. They just moved the ball consistently, right? <laughs> Um, oh, you know, nothing spectacular. Just ho humminly. Yeah, we're just gonna move the ball down. <laughs> they, but they did. But like, there was no. I mean, there wasn't the play. You know, to Jalen Guyton. You know, like. Can I tell you why though? Real quick. Remember last week I was talking about I like I love what they did with the Giants. They ran thirty-seven times. Got all three running backs, and they did the same exact thing this yeah, week. Yeah, it's a I winning formula, dude. This I is still think, the NFL. Run the football. Run the football. I, I think slowly but surely, if they're fortunate enough to get in the playoffs. They're gonna have a, starting to change a philosophy to be more physical, uh, and by running the ball and having all these running backs contribute. Here's the Justin good, Jackson looked great. Here's the good news for them. Justin Jackson actually did really look really good, and it was Kelly who fumbled it, right? It wasn't Jackson who fumbled Kelly. it. Yeah, it was no, Kelly who fumbled it. it. Kelly. Um, which was the one that happened before the half? Was that the drop to? No, that was uh, uh, no uh, batted down pass. But, batted down uh, pass before the half. Okay. Yeah. Um, good news for the Saints. I mean, the Saints, the Chargers. So long as they don't play a away game against the Colts, all games are going to be outside in yeah. January. Running football is a formula that matters mm-hmm. in the playoffs in cold. Bro, people don't want to tackle in cold weather. I've been talking about when we've been talking about fantasy football on Jason's show. Why do you think I've been slamming the table for AJ Dillon? Why do you think Derrick Henry is a savage in the playoffs? Because people, it hurts to tackle people in cold weather, especially big, manly, grizzly type individuals. And not saying that they have that type on the Chargers, but if you're pounding the ball 28, 30 plus times a game. And even if it's at three yards a tote, that's a winning formula in the playoffs, dude. That is a yeah. winning formula in the playoffs. Yep. Especially when you have a quarterback who can make the big throw. All right. Yeah. Uh, enough. Enough. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's head um, out to, uh, I told you that. It was I, I do. I actually do have one other thing. Oh. What I loved about this game, dude, let's not get away from this game and not mention the fact that, the Chiefs ran 68 plays. The Chargers ran 78 plays. And there was over 900 yards of combined offense in this game. Like, it was an exciting football game to watch on Thursday night. I've, I've told you before, and you, you, you mocked me, Weston, but I told you before, Chargers need to play primetime every week. Every, I, I, when was the last time you seen a boring Chargers game? 
I haven't because I've been watching them just because of you, so I can comment on these. Dude, it, yeah, I mean, I if, if you have no, yeah, it is straight up get your popcorn. 2000, 2018, because even the ones they lose, they lose in a, such a sexy manner. It's like yeah. unbelievable. All right, so Chargers still in the playoff hunt. Um, I think you have the seven seed right now, right? Six. Six seed? Six. All right. So let's talk about another six seed team right now. The 49ers. We had the Falcons. Uh, again, for me, no good, bad breakdown here. Just a, a long-winded rant, if you will. So interject at any time. My biggest fear, and I mentioned this last week on our show, was being like that Jekyll and Hyde team. And after beating a, a good Cincinnati Bengal team coming in here and just laying a dud at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Thankfully, that did not happen. But if you were to call me in the first, I don't know, half a second of this football game, I would have told you that I thought maybe it would have happened because we fumbled the opening kickoff inside our own 15-yard line. Thankfully, though, the defense made a huge fourth down stop to turn Yo, the ball. Your defense has been balling in the last four weeks. I'm going to get into this in, in, in just a moment here because there's some unsung heroes on this defense. Um we turned the ball back over on downs. We negated that negative play, whatever it was. But the, the asterisk here is the special teams continue just to be a glaring need for us. We have no true kick returner. Um, we have Ayuk out there at punt returner. We're giving up way too much yards on kick returns. It's it's a problem that is going to rear its ugly head in January should we be fortunate enough to get there. Just my thoughts. But I do want to stand up and literally – applaud this defense we had three count them three fourth down stances inside our red zone during the game and when you look back at essentially who we're trotting out there right now specifically with our defensive backs D'Amico Ryans has this unit balling balling dude like, I mean, look at what we did against the for the first three and a half quarters against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, we took their offensive weapons out of the football game. Mm-hmm. And, dude, we're trotting out Josh Norman at corner. He can't cover anything. He forces fumbles very well because he comes in. He's, like, trying to be like Peanut Tillman the way he comes in and punches that ball out. We're starting Ambry Thomas. Do you know who Ambry Thomas is? Like, I do. Going like, once, that. going it's twice. From- yeah, isn't he from? Is he from Michigan? He's from Michigan, and he didn't yeah. play last year. He sat out due to COVID. Um, and he was drafted. Who's a? And I'm not going to knock Ambry in this game because if you go back and watch it, like he did get quote unquote burnt by Russell Gage uh, a couple times, but he was in the right position, and Russell Gage just made good play, just good plays, man, just like good catches, like mossed them one time, but the rookie corner in the right spot. But this defense playing. I mean, Jimmy Ward, you know how I feel about Jimmy Ward. Jaquaski Tart all over the field. I mean, Bosa, Jesus, God almighty. This guy, I sent you a text earlier this week with him in a chokehold. And I can send you, dude, you know what the biggest flaw for Bosa is right now, though, dude, is he just goes so hard that, like, he just tries to fight through that. If he was like any other defensive lineman, yeah, and just, the, and got, just threw his arms in the air. We have holding call on every play, but he just like he's so that comes both, with maturity, Wes, and that comes with maturity. But but this they're just both these Bosa brothers are just so focused in on kill the quarterback, 
kill the quarterback, kill the quarterback that they just like, they don't quit. Like the motor is unbelievable. Like, and we're talking about Bosa, dude. I think he's in a discussion for defensive player of the year. And if he doesn't win mm. comeback player of the year, it's a crime. Yeah, don't give me back Prescott bullshit. Okay. Well, coming off ACL dude and do what he's doing right now. Like, are you, it's unreal. And that's not a whole I know another player coming off of a uh, ACL injury too. That's a uh, uh, first time up, uh, first time up uh, pro bowler. Not first time. Uh, he's a first team pro bowler. Who? A guy named Durman. Ah, two sacks, two sacks, two interceptions, a hundred tackles and plays right. five positions. 14, 14 sacks, bro. Leads the league in tackles for a loss. Like let's go. Um, all right. So let's get back. Ooh, if we you put out a poll. We, we will. Do, we okay. will. I like that. Um, I like that too. So if you looked at the score in the first half, this game seemed closer than it really was. But like, even me as the fan, who's like the nervous Nelly fan who like thinks every play is like going to win or lose the game. This game never even felt like close. Like that Falcons just felt like a bad Good football feeling, team. Right? Yeah. And the 49ers just felt like a superior football team based on who was on the field. And you felt like at any point, the 49ers were just going to, pull away right like and and especially felt very redeeming considering how the the game started to me what this game signified for the 49ers is the offense continued to hit its stride we have a very simple formula and i've just been talking to you about this run the football get your weapons involved quarterback don't turn the ball over when you do those three things you're going to win more games than you're going to lose speaking of that quarterback i thought jimmy played like a pretty gritty game dude like he made some some big throws um he seemed to get through his progressions a little better um there were some ones early on where like we didn't convert on third down i'm looking at george kittle like wide open in the middle of the field uh, but i know sometimes depending upon the play call like maybe kills the third read there right so like did you Why have enough it'll ever be the third read <laughs> because Kyle's just ignorant like that, right? Like Kyle's <laughs> just like, I'm going to scheme Debo. Like he should be first, second, and third. I he really should, dude. He's, he's a difference maker the way he's played. Um, but what was, I think for Jimmy, like it was nice for him. He wasn't pressured often. Um, you know, again, maybe the, the Falcons defensive line is just not super threatening, right? Like he was never really, really in trouble. Uh, another positive thing for me is I love seeing Jeff Wilson. you, Jason and I talked about like how everybody needed him to have a big week in fantasy. And he did. He finally looked like back to himself, healthy, running the ball physically, that four plus yards per carry. That's what you expect from him. You know, you don't expect like a super impressive number, um, especially with Elijah Mitchell being out, who's also going to be out on Thursday night. So it's nice to see. This is a real test now. Uh, I mean, Thursday night because they stopped the run well, Tennessee. Tennessee's uh, defense is pretty well. So this is going to be interesting if you guys can physically overpower them. We won't on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is going to have to be a Jimmy game, right? Like he's going to have to be efficient. He's going to have to throw for two touchdowns. He's going to have to throw for 250 yards. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, that's what – hey, listen, that's what some games dictate, right? Like when you talk about matchups – like that's what the matchup says that they have a defensive line who can play. They have a front seven that's aggressive. And this is a Mike Vrabel led team. Like they're physical in the trenches. And like, what looks good for us on the opposite side is Taylor Lewan and Roger Sudfeld are not playing. Right. So like you're too, you're too bad. Uh, uh, Lewan because of his back and Sudfeld because of COVID. 
who knows? Okay, go ahead. Uh, not Saffold. Uh, Saffold. Roger Saffold. Sorry, yeah, I, I mispronounced both, that. Both the, yeah, that's huge. Yep. So that that is helpful. We'll see if like AJ Brown and Julio are playing too. This is what Thursday does to you, though. Like these guys probably play if it's Sunday, right? But mm-hmm. like it's Thursday, they don't. So I don't. I, in this game, I didn't want to talk too much about like individual performances, but there is one that actually stands out to me that bodes well, and it's Arden Key, right? So we all remember yes. Arden Key from LSU. Went to the Raiders, died a slow death in Oakland, and now Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. We found him off the like the Raiders scrap heap, um, and I he has six sacks and nineteen pressures over his last seven games. Mm-hmm. I think he had like three or four career sacks coming into the year. He had another one, so he had won this game. He had another one that was negated on quite honestly maybe one of the worst roughing the passer penalties I've ever seen in my entire life. Like he just tackled matt ryan and they're like full body weight and like i know what the rule is i know what the rule is this was not the rule the way that it was defined actually his first sack he literally hip tossed matt ryan and that should have been probably flagged (laughs) over the one that was actually flagged makeup call (laughs) yeah but for real uh but other than that like i feel the same way you felt about the giants uh chargers game last week right like this is what they were supposed to do they did every bit of that um, the game was rather boring in the in the second half, even though, like, again, I watched the game and I think every play is the most critical play. Like, that's just like how I watch football. <laughs> so, like, I'm nervous until the whistle blows and all 60 minutes have, have come off the clock. But that being said, like, I wasn't super nervous. I have a funny story for you, though, and we'll get out of this. Boho, our executive producer. Everybody knows Boho from our executive producing days. <laughs> he comes over every once watch the 49ers game. He's a 49ers fan through me from growing up. So I always have a joke with him that I'm like, bro, like, I don't know if you can come over. I have my routines. I'm very superstitious. Like, if they start losing, like, you got to go, dude. Like, you, like, or you can sit outside in the driveway and you can come in after <laughs> the game, like, whatever put, it is. But like, put him in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. If you're bringing bad juju, like, you got to go. So this dude walks in like three minutes before kickoff and bless Can't his soul. That. He shows up with some, some food for me and for Landon. My wife's not home. So he's like, he's like showing up with like gifts for us. Right. And my, my son loves Boho and we're going through it. And then all of a sudden, like he's putting food out in front of me and I'm feeling very distracted, like very distracted. And that's not the way I like to feel like to settle into the games. And they fumble the opening kickoff. And this kid just put like, food out in front of us and i look at him and i go get out and he's like what and i'm like seriously get out of my house no i i, I agree with you obviously the logic here is 100 percent not flawed whatsoever that boho caused that fumble like 100 percent, 100 percent. now good for news for him is i let him stick around a little bit longer and things balanced out so he is welcome back okay. but this is like an ongoing joke like sometimes he'll call me and he'll be like bro i can come but i, I won't be there till like midway through the first quarter i'm like can't come like it <laughs> i don't like disruptions during the game and he gets it like he doesn't judge me he doesn't do any of that he's like all right dude i'll see you next week you know like we'll do whatever but like literally he's there he's at my house for three and a half minutes and i look at him and i'm like bye bro gotta go <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get out of this a lot of fun um yep. you know good week all right so let's get into like we always do um following our hometown takes what are you freaking about this week? COVID. And what the hell is going wow. on? If I'm, NFL, the same thing. if I'm NFL fans, 
what's going on with these protocols? Uh, is it basically saying that like see no COVID, hear no COVID, there is no COVID type thing? Are they like literally doing that with vaccinated players? Because I mean, you I think in the last week, two hundred knee players tested know, positive. Man. So like. Is it now with the new protocols? Like, if they tested positive and had no symptoms, they're cool. They can play because, like, everyone like that—that's all you see. I, if you played a drinking game and the word was COVID, then you drank. You'd be wasted when you're uh, trying to read NFL news. Uh, what's going on? So it's just going to be—I don't know what's going on with these protocols. Who's playing? Who's not? And guess what? I don't think it's going to stop because, you know, obviously things are getting worse. So it's going to make the playoffs. Re- Ridiculously interesting. Um, players, you know, going into protocols where you might have it might affect the product on the field in a negative way. For example, wow. if the Colts make it right, Carson Wentz isn't vaccinated. Yep. Can you picture if they had to start? Uh, I don't even know who their backup is, but can you picture if they have to start their backup because he's not vaccinated? Same thing, a couple Chargers aren't too. I'm, you know, sh- I'm sure. Y- y- Couple uh, Niners too. Uh, we're talking about the Bosa brothers. They're definitely mm-hmm. not. Uh, but like, think about like if you have a playmaker and they're not vaccinated, and, and you're playing, you're playing Russian roulette. And guess what? It's not just one bullet in the chamber of six. There's like three now because I feel like it, in order to dodge this, you have to be like Neo from the Matrix right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I talked about how it's hit the household, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what I live with too. I said I'd be freaking out if I was the NFL right now because this is like worst case scenario at the worst time of the year. Considering compared to last year, they dodged a major bullet for the first 15, fourteen weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden it's thirty plus players a day. Teams can't fully practice. Games are being scheduled. They might even have to consider keeping fans out of the stadiums as cities just tighten their indoor-outdoor restrictions to vaccinated and unvaccinated, mass mandates. Like, things are just changing around the NFL at the worst time. Like, if this was week, like, one through five, they figure it out. But you're now in the home stretch of the season. Nah, man. Now, NFL just made a statement. They just made a statement saying, with their new protocol, you know, Steve Young said, we're playing ball. Yeah, because they have to, dude. Like, there's too much money on the line. Like, they have no choice. But this goes back to player safety. They don't give a shit. They literally don't give a shit. NHL closed for 10 days or two weeks. They're closing for you. NFL can't, man. There's a tight schedule. Super Bowl is Super Bowl, right? Like, that ain't moving. Like, that's staying there, and they're getting there hell or high water. You hear that train, people? (laughs) That's it. The NFL train is forging forward. You're here once. You'll hear it in just a second coming by my house. That's how close (laughs) Lou and I live to one another. But it also just to me like is pot is like egg in the face for the NFL. Like, yeah, we're full of shit. We get it. Right. Like we told you we'd penalize teams, you know, and all of this, but like, just kidding. Can't do that. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Hold on. But I heard from the NFL PA. I, I read something like the NFL PA just, who who are who are represent all the players, players are yeah. supposed to represent their interests. They they wanted no testing, just like screw it, let's just let's just go. You yeah. don't feel good, so it's not just the NFL saying screw players healthy. The NFLPA wanted to go through those same uh, wanted to say scrap everything. Dude, if you're a player and you don't play because you're on the COVID list, you don't get paid. Exactly. So, and, the, so it's not just the NFL too. It's every it's too much money for yeah, anyone. To and 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 here's the reality: is not all. 
but most are walking around asymptomatic. Like the NFL, due to their protocols and what they provide and who they are, they have access to way more than you and I do, right? Like I work from home. You work from home. We certainly don't get tested every day. These fucking guys get tested every time they walk in the building, right? Like it's and tracking and tracing and everything that goes with it. So they just have exposure to the best of the best. You and I do not. And it's almost a shock to some of these guys. They're like, what? I feel fine. What do you mean I have this? And, oh, I'm not vaccinated. So poof, see you 10 days later. Mm-hmm. So they'd prefer to not be. And that, and, and that's 95% of the people. The other 5%, they, they are symptomatic. They have issues. And I hope they're okay. And I hope they are adequately protected and have access to the best resources. But that's why the players are like, yo, let's, let's just, let's just roll with this without testing because the majority of us are doing just fine. And the other ones that are even are symptomatic are saying like, yo, this is like the Michael Jordan flu game. I've played with the flu before. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Don't keep me out of here. All right. You got another one you're freaking out about. Yeah. The Colts. How not that they started one and four this season now sitting the fifth seed on the AFC playoff race. I think that's ridiculous. Uh, the, that, that turnaround starting off at one and four and now where they are right now, uh, they have an amazing offensive line, dynamic running back, uh, fast physical front seven that, uh, defense that wreaks havoc upon teams. Uh, you're not going to out physical them because they're that physical on defense with Buckner, uh, and also, uh, uh the middle linebacker, Leonard, uh, so good. Oh, yeah, so they're good. he's so good, and you and you know what? Also, their defensive coordinator is pretty damn good too. He's been good for like numerous years now. I'm gonna say three years. He almost got some head coaching uh, consideration last uh, last year. But all, all that said, this team will go as far as Wentz and their secondary will let them. But right now, I said it last week. That's not a team I'd want to play in the, AF- in the AFC playoffs. No, I, well, I just talked to you about the Chargers, right? Like running the football is the winning formula, and they're hitting. It's their not stride. just no, but it's not just they are. You can't stop them. We said Bill Belichick last week, right? What he what does he do? He takes your best weapon always. Nope, yep. he, he couldn't do it last week. What wins football game? What wins playoff football? What travels in playoff football? A running referees. game and a defense. Yeah, and referees in this instance. Um, not well, but running game and defense. That's what travels in, in the playoffs. I wouldn't want to play the, the Indianapolis Colts either. I think they're hitting their stride at the right time. I do think I, – I agree with you in the sense of, like, they'll go as far as their secondary and their quarterback will take them. And I am very hesitant to say that their quarterback can take them far. So I say that they're going to go as far as number 28. So legs can take them. And this will make sense in a few, in eh, 10 to 12 minutes when I talk about the other individual. Yeah. So in, in real quick, not to uh, have any dis, uh, disparaging remarks against the Colts uh, or other teams that play this smash mouth football where who's carrying their quarterbacks kind of like the Niners, there's going to be a time where your quarterback is going to have to win the game. Has to make a play. Has, Has to be to, able to make a play. Yeah, or or, or there's, especially in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yep. you're, you're, paying, you're playing better teams. You're playing better offenses. There's going to be a time you're going to have to play, you know, either catch up or keep, you know, keep with type stuff. And you can't just solely rely on that running, running game. Yep. I, I totally agree. And I'm going to talk about that in a bit. Okay. All right. So my last freaking out, I'm staying on the negative path. I'm staying with, I'm going to the Arizona Cardinals. 
yeah. few weeks ago, it felt like they were literally on top of the world, um, beating teams with their third string offense. Colt McCoy out there <laughs> slanging that rock. Two weeks uh, ago, we deemed them the best team in the, yeah. in the NFL. Now, what's crazy is outside of D-Hop, most of their starters are back, and they've lost two weeks in a row. I think you can swallow the divisional loss against the Rams, right? The Rams are surging. They're playing well. They, they for the most part, have played well all year outside of like a little two, three-game stretch in there, but they've, they've balled out. But on the road to the one-win Detroit Lions in a game that literally was not even close, like it was never close. Like that game was never close for 58 minutes um that's tough and i know that like lou and you and i would agree all nfl teams lay a dud everybody lays a dud once a season right like we just saw this with the bucks with their shutout loss at home to the saints is anybody really worried about like the buccaneers like i am a little bit because of their injuries but like not like it's still tom brady led right like they'll figure it out you know they'll figure it out but to me what starts to happen here to the Cardinals in a tight race in the NFC and in the NFC West specifically is that ugly thought is going to continue to creep. And that ugly thought is Cliff Kingsbury for his career is five and eight in December. The Cardinals are notorious for having these December collapses when everybody's like, oh, this was once real. Now this is fake. And the losses are beginning to mount for them at the wrong time and guess what doesn't get any easier this weekend based on who they play right we just talked about the indianapolis colts yeah those are two teams yeah completely opposite end of the spectrum here now you're right yep and so i'm going to come back to in a second but they went from being the first first in the conference comfortably to now the fourth seed in the conference with the Rams nipping at their heels to potentially knock them out of a home playoff game and the, the, they'll make the playoffs, right? Like, I, it's going to take a minor miracle for them not to make the playoffs, in my opinion. But they're that big mo momentum is just going in the wrong direction. And like I mentioned, having the Colts, I, I, I forget if this is a home game or an away game for the Cardinals. To me, it doesn't matter. I think it it's is home. a home game. Yeah. But what do the Cardinals do well? They're an air attack. What do the Colts do well? They're going to ground and pound. How do you stop a team like the Arizona Cardinals? You keep their offense off the field. How do you keep somebody else's off offense off the field? You control time of possession. How do you control time of possession? You can you convert on third down and you run the shit out of the football. Who does that really well? The Indianapolis Colts. So we could very well be looking at a third straight loss for the Cardinals at the wrong time in the season. That defense, that Cardinals defense was doing real well in the beginning, but ever since I felt like they lost JJ Watt and I I know J.J. Watt wasn't putting up a tremendous amount of numbers, but it's not always about the you know, the, the stat lines. It's also about watching the film and the attention he, uh, you know, he uh, attracts while other players are getting loose, like Marcus Golden, who's having a really silently good year, by the way. But, yeah, no, uh, that defense has been bad the last, like, six weeks. The offense is not getting any better. It's getting cl- clunky again, and Hopkins is going to be out for the year, by the way. He ain't coming back yep. in the playoffs. Nope. Um, so yeah, no, uh, you should be freaking out, Cardinal fans. We're sorry we put the Maloik on you, but uh, boy, you did best, best of you know, best of luck, though. We're Maloiking Chiefs and Rams as well. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get out of this. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of our top performances this week, specifically offensive and defensive players of the week. 
Lou, who's your number one offensive guy this week? Okay, well, I'm going to give you two. Uh, from uh, They're from the same team, the best team in the AFC, uh, AFC uh, and AFC West, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, 10 catches, 191 and two, t- two touchdowns, and Tyreek Hill, yep. 12 catches, 148 yards, and one touchdown. Once again, uh, those playmakers really balled out and uh, made a real fun, exciting Thursday night game. Now I, they're both on my list. I had them separate. I love the combination. Uh, my number one guy this week was actually uh, Huntley. Yeah. From the Baltimore Ravens. I thought he balled out. I mean, he was 28 for 40, 215, two touchdowns, ran for another 73 and two touchdowns. And Lou, he did this with like not necessarily the confidence that he was 100% going to start this football game, right? There was talk, talks of Lamar Jackson. So I, I know he got the reps. But he did this against the former MVP of this league, Aaron Rodgers, and went toe-to-toe. And let's call this what this is. Like, John Harbaugh and company had every opportunity to tie this football game up, take it to overtime, and see what happened from there. But like we talked about earlier, he's he, he surveyed. You, you weren't going to stop Aaron Rodgers. No, and he surveyed the sentiment of his coaches. He surveyed the sentiment of his players, and they all said, Coach, let's go win this football game, and I love the moxie about it. But, dude, Huntley balled out, and I'm slightly pissed off about this. Because let me tell you why I'm slightly pissed off about this. Because there is not a ton of sexy quarterbacks in the NFL draft this year. We can agree on that, right? Like, nobody's talking about a quarterback going number one overall right now like they have for the last few years, Mm -hmm. especially this last draft. So free agent quarterbacks become a little bit more attractive. And what are you willing to give up for them? What are you going to pay for them? What might you trade for them if they're still under contract? What does that offseason look like? The way Jimmy's been playing these last few weeks, his value's gone up. I'll just leave it at that. Don't know what he's worth. Don't care what he's worth. Value's gone up. But then you got this guy, Huntley, running around and slanging it like he's Lamar Jackson 2.0. The the Ravens have to resign. keep him. uh, Have to. Because you don't change your offense. You don't change your offense. But somebody's going to come playing for this guy, dude. I don't don't know. You got got like three, maybe four more premier quarterbacks that's on the market. Wilson, uh, Garoppolo, Rodgers, Watson. I'm pretty sure – I think those will take all precedent before him. I still think the Ravens, Ravens are a smart organization. They will do, they will will retain him. They will retain him. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. But like, and and you got to think about if you're him, how much money are you really commanding? You want millions of dollars. Don't get me wrong, but you're only playing a couple of games. You want to be kind of like the Jim Sorge to Peyton Manning at this point right now. And then maybe here in lies, here in lies that issue though. Right. Like we talked about this before, like an NFL player's, shelf life is really short and you don't get to this league without having a competitive mindset of like, I want to be the best of the best, right? Very few sit there and accept. I'm not the best of the best. Like look at the dude from Washington last night, right? That was signed off of like whoever's practice squad. He comes in, Mm -hmm. he's starting dude. I don't know if you watched that game, but when they were talking about it, they were like, this dude once upon a time held the record for the most passing yards in Texas. Mac Mm -hmm. Brown, the, the head coach at Texas literally passed on RG3 and Andrew Luck to bring this guy into the University of Texas, right? So, like, 
what does that tell me that NF not I'm not gonna say NFL players are a dime a dozen, but like it's all about opportunity and what you make of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And this guy might only get one opportunity to be the starter. If Lamar's there, he's never gonna be the starter. And you and I can sit here who make mediocre wages to be like, yo, I take like six million dollars a year, ten million dollars a year to be somebody's backup quarterback and never see the field. But some some of these guys are like but I only get one shot to go make $25 million a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Mm -hmm. that's, that's the difference, but I agree with you. Baltimore will do everything in their power to keep them. Who do you got? Number two. Uh, Well, I already did two. Do you want to do your second? Cause I have a good feeling who it is probably. I don't think you do. Uh, Okay. Mine is Craig Reynolds. You heard that correctly. Okay. Craig Reynolds running back Detroit Lions the running back y'all 26 for 112 nothing sexy but here's what it boils down to right like when else am I going to ever say this guy's name for as long as we do this podcast you are a closet Detroit Lions fan bro Lou how are you saying Craig Reynolds name over Jonathan Taylor at 29 because here's Jonathan Taylor here's why I don't say Jonathan Taylor's name the majority of that amounted on that that clutch he's, he, he's clutch. still at over 100 rushing yards he should have went down he should have not have scored that touchdown <laughs> any coach will tell you that he should go down listen he's on my fantasy team like i want him to go in but i'm on a buy that week so it didn't matter for me anyway <laughs> but he should have went down that is the way the game is supposed to play he should not have scored that touchdown and he before that carry he had 28 carries for 103, 103 yards like less than four yards of car- like you know what i'm saying like so it wasn't the best game so from Jonathan so, Taylor. So that's the problem. So uh, that's what he is. He's a home run hitter. He's he is a home run one. hitter. He's a home run hitter. But I'm I'm shouting out Craig Reynolds because this is two weeks in a row for him. Like, so when we were doing our fantasy show two weeks ago and we were talking about like running backs, a couple people mentioned Jamar Jefferson. from, And I'm like, yes, like carries, carries, carries. Nobody in this world knows who Craig Reynolds is, unless you're a Detroit Lions fan or a closet Detroit Lions fan like I am. <laughs> Dude, 26 for 112, and he had some big-time third-down carries that helped them control the clock and keep Kyler Murray off the field, the Arizona Cardinals off the field. Craig Reynolds, you get a game ball this week, even if it's only from this podcast. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. All right, what about defensive players? All right, can I go first? You go ahead. Because I don't want anybody to steal my thunder. Not that I you know, would. I think you're, you're going to steal my no, thunder. No, you have no idea who I'm going with. I promise you on this. I, I guarantee so, I do. No, my number one, uh, you might actually, because I kind of alluded to it earlier. My number one, I'm stealing a page out of your book, Lou. My number one defensive player of the week is Carson Wentz. <laughs> Bro. This man in a huge game was five of 12 for 57 yards, one TD, and one INT. Bro, five of 12. All right. It was, it was a little windy in that dome. He, he you know, literally gave every opportunity in the world to the opposing team <laughs> to win this football game. You and I talked about earlier playoffs. This guy's got to make a play. Lou, right? Dude, I haven't really seen him make a big play since the 49ers game when they beat us on a a Sunday night or a Monday night or whatever it was in the rain in San Francisco. I am 
my if if I felt like they were getting more productive quarterback play in Indianapolis, I'd I'd go on I'd go on record right now and say they're going to win the Super Bowl because I think their defense is playing that well. I think their running game is that good. But this guy scares me right now. And Carson Wentz, you get a game ball, but you get it for being the defensive player of the week for the New England Patriots. I lo- love the creativity here. I Love stole it. a page. Tell me that didn't come directly from your book of plays, bro. That is that is def, that's page three. Uh, <laughs> Spider Y two banana right underneath that. Uh, uh, for me, uh, defensive uh, player of the week, DJ Wanham, second year yeah. player out of South Carolina. It's crazy. Mike Zimmer always finds these edge players uh, and these like uh, they just pressure the the quarterback phenomenally. He had eight tackles, two. Two uh, tackles for a loss, three sacks, one forced fumble, and he's quietly having a good year. Six sacks this year in 11 starts, by the way, only. So it's like he's been starting the whole year. So uh, DJ Wanamass, South Carolina. Never saw this guy before until they played the 49ers. And, dude, he's he's making – he's becoming a household name in Minnesota. Like, he's playing really, really well. You know, I mean, listen, you and I talked about, like, we don't get out of bed for two sacks. But if you put two and a half plus up – I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention a little bit more and want him with three sacks. I had him on my list too, um, so I'll 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 scurry because I always have a couple backup plans here, mm-hmm. and I'll take the, I'll take the cheap route. Almost went Darius Leonard here, but I'm going I'm going the total Saints def- team defense here. Yeah, it's good for you. I'm not even gonna talk about any stats. Like I don't I don't even don't don't, care. zero. That's the only yeah. thing I say. Yeah, they shut out Tom Brady in Tom Brady's house. What without their head coach and their top motivator um, and everything that you need to know about this football game is already a meme. Uh, you've already seen Chauncey Gardner Johnson tweet about it a million times. Um, watch Tom Brady slam the Microsoft Surface tablet in frustration. And that's all you need to know. That's literally all you need to know about what this Saints defense did to that Tampa Bay offense in this game. I agree. Well. Yeah, uh, I feel like they always have their uh, numbers during the regular season. Apparently, they do. Right? They do. I mean, Brady's own four against them since he's been in Tampa. But like, that's you a short. To, that's a short hate, sample size. You, you know, you hate, to, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. I love <laughs> to see it, bro. Do you got anybody else, or you want to jump? No, uh, no one else really tickled the uh, tickled the old pickle here. So no, I'm gonna say now there's no one else I really want to acknowledge. Like I said, I'm very stingy on these. You are very stingy on these. All right. So let's get into the what are you watching? Um, what are you looking out for this week? Uh, we kind of alluded to it before, so I'm not going to really go too much into detail. But the Cardinals at home versus the Colts, a, team, a, a tale of two teams going the complete opposite direction. Uh, can, can the Cardinals right the ship, cool off this hot Colts team? I don't know. But other than that, I'm also looking at the Cincinnati versus Baltimore game because will someone please win the AFC North? I know. Please lay lay claim. It is insane how, like, everyone, every team is within a game of each other. It's kind of like the AFC West we were talking about before. Uh, It seems like there's no one that's just wanting to win this, the division, though. Once you think you figured out, team, all right, first, you know, it was the Ravens. All right, they were the team to beat. Then it, it was the Browns. Then it was the Steelers. Now, then it was now it's the Bengals. But every time you anoint someone king of the North, 
they kind of kind of fail you and they they kind of they kind of slump so uh someone has to win this afc north yeah so i too had the colts cardinals right yeah big game we talked about it i got buffalo versus new england i'm on there you know i'm a sucker for divisional matchups mm-hmm. um but this one could flip the east again i feel like the east has just been flip-flopping like all these freaking divisions this year mm-hmm. um and here's the here's the absolute truth okay buffalo has to win this game oh they have to have to they're already, they're already win this yeah. yep. have to win this football game and i know new england's coming off a game they think they should have won like they think they should have beaten indianapolis i don't care what the score says um they're just built with a different mentality where belichick's going in the house right now thinking like i should beat everybody but that that game pops off of me but my number one game is actually tomorrow night and i know this is a homer pick but this is a big deal for both yeah this I was think, a this was a game that's a, it's interesting yeah. They don't play in the same division. Same division, same conference. conference. Not familiar. Both playoff teams right now, both making pushes. Um, I think in normal circumstances, they both want to do the same thing to each other. They just want to, they want to put pressure on you with through the defensive line. They want to pound the ball on offense. They want to win the game in the trenches, and they want to ask their quarterbacks to do minimal things. Right, like that's what they they both want to do. This game's going to present something a little bit different, but for the 49ers, really really big. Because a win here pretty much solidifies them as that six seed. At the very least, that six seed. Mm-hmm. A win here for the Titans is probably going to solidify them as the winners of the AFC South, right? Like it, it's possible, or it puts them another game closer to to do that. Because they 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 are the number one seed right now. Colts are, I think, a game out. That's right. But um, for me, the 49ers, this is the biggest game they've had all year. A uh, short week on dude, the road in Nashville. <laughs> nah, dude. This. No, well, because this. The, I do, but the the stakes keep getting higher, right? Like, and the and the stakes are higher right now. So, guys, uh, you heard you you heard it here first from week uh, was it sixteen? The sixteenth week in a row, Weston Smith claims <laughs> that this 49ers game is the biggest game of the year. Fifteen out of sixteen weeks, I said nothing about it last week. <laughs> Uh, I just said it was an important game. But you this said it was is a the, must win. It was <laughs> it's dude, they're all must win right now. When you're on the bubble, like there's no room for error. Okay. Um, but that's that's what I'm looking at. So let's get into what has become, especially after this week, my you, favorite. You segment. pitted me into taking the. Bonus. I didn't pit you into nothing. I, it's a pity, pit you pitted me. We'll go back and run the replay, dude. Where you literally? No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <sighs> Hold on a second. What, what's going on here? You picked up two games this week on me. I sure did, buddy. Um, all right. So this week, you were 10 and 6. I was 12, were 12 and, and four. 4. Yeah. And think about what could have been if the Cardinals just remembered who they were and the Buccaneers just remember who what they were, like what those weeks little would look like. Yeah. So for the season, keep in mind i don't think we started keeping track until week six i think was the first week so you're 86 56 and one wow 30 over i'm 83 59 and one so you're right i did pick up two games this was a big week for me hoping to do it again so as i've started to do which has brought me better luck i broke out my trusty pen here lou to write these down. I can't tell you how much easier it is to keep track when I just have to go back <laughs> and circle and cross out. Let us begin week 16 festivities. I the shall show- I shall uh, uh, defer 
uh, uh, to oh. the gentleman to my left because no. it is your game, the first game. No, 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 no. Um, 49ers versus the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's that's yes, that's um, I, that's what I was alluding to, Weston. Yes, I'm going to reluctantly take the Titans. You are such a Debbie Downer. Where's the 49ers? Where, no, where no I'll tell you where it's is, coming from. I'll tell you where it's no, coming no, from. Is it, is it in San Francisco? No, it's in Tennessee. I don't like that. Five and two at home. They're five and two at home on a short week coming off a bad beat. Um, I know what the injuries say. I know what the rosters say. We have them too. Um, but I have to like 49ers are actually road favorites in this game. And I hate that. What's the spread? Um, you know, I think it was three and a half. But I would take this. Okay. Are you checking it? No, no, I'm not. I just want to see something. But uh, uh, that's an interesting spread, to say the least. Um, so you're taking the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. Is A.J. Brown playing? That's what I'd love to see. Don't know yet. Just activated off IR. And Julio apparently got in full practice. Uh, I don't care. Julio won't finish Julio. the game. Fucked me this week in fantasy, so screw him. Okay, so uh, Tennessee—he's not making my top ten wide receivers list next year. I promise you that. <laughs> I'm gonna go San Fran. All right, I love you, Lou. I love you. All right, let's get into some games that don't matter to me. Saturday, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. You got two football games. First one, four thirty. Cleveland Browns at Green Bay Packers. You gotta go Packers. Yeah, this is. It's Aaron Rodgers on Christmas. Of course he's going to win. Um, Indianapolis Colts at the Arizona Cardinals later that evening. Got to go. I think you got to go Colts there. Uh, the, the, the Cardinals offense looks, like I said, clunky. Uh, no yeah. Hopkins. Defense has been playing bad as of late. Yeah, got to go Colts. I'm Colts too. Um, I just, what we talked about before, they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and they're going to be able to do it at will. And I think that just minimizes the opportunity for the Cardinals. All right, so we get back to Sunday, day after Christmas. Detroit Lions at the Atlanta Falcons. I'll go to Atlanta. I got to think about that um, Detroit, you know, coming off that high. Um, it could be a letdown game. Atlanta coming off that low. You have a little fire up their ass. So you know me because I'm a closet Detroit Lions fan now. You're so, Lions? No, no, Lions. No, I'm, no, I was so tempted to take the Lions, but I, uh, I actually do agree with you here that I think um, the opposites, right? Coming off the highs of highs, coming off the lows of lows, home game for the Falcons, still in contention, must win. Uh, they're going to have to pull out some, um, some stops here, and I just think their offense is going to be a little too much for Detroit's defense. Mm-hmm. Although my man Craig Reynolds is going to run for a buck, I'm putting it out there right now. All right, so I got I got Falcons too. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. Oh, see, this, this is hard because you don't know if Lamar is playing. I don't think he, he's. Uh, I don't think uh, he's uh, practicing. I'm going to say. I don't care if he plays or not. I just. You're going Ravens. Yeah, three losses in a row for Baltimore, like, and two of them because of like fourth down, or excuse me, two point conversions that games could have easily gone different ways. 
I don't care if it's Lamar. I don't care if it's Huntley. What I saw from Huntley last week's impressive. I think the Ravens win this football game. You know, what? Bengals just, have been unimpressive the last couple I'm, weeks. I'm just entrusting. Uh, I'm just entrusting the organization to be better uh, on that Sunday. Um, the Ravens, they're a better organization. They're better coach. Better coach. That's what it's yeah. going down to, dude. Yeah. All right. The Rams at the Vikings. I'll go Rams. I'm going Vikings. Um, I think the Rams got a little bit lucky uh, against Seattle. But what did I tell you on Jason's show? I told you Seattle does this, right? Like Seattle wins games when you get that, when they get you to play their game, which is just an ugly, non-conventional football game where it comes down to like fourth quarter execution. Surprise, surprise. The Rams benefit from another pass interference, blatant pass interference calls that changes the tide of the game. Um, I think this game's in Minnesota. Minnesota's competing. Um, I'm, I'm just – and this is me trying to make up a game. Yeah. All right. Buffalo at New England. <sighs> Buffalo at New England. And there should not be 50-mile-an-hour winds and everything else taking place. I know, but it's still so hard. Um Hard to go. I'll say Buffalo this time. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying Buffalo too. Actually. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I was. I'm, I'm just taking into consideration. We. I, I'm just taking into consideration that last week we crowned them the AFC uh, best team, and the Maloik usually like two to three weeks. So yeah. I, I still think they're under this uh, this uh, this bad juju that we gave them. I, I I just think Buffalo has to win this game. New England mm-hmm. does not, but Buffalo has to win this football game. Um, Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguars at the Jets. <laughs> Qu- quietly the biggest game. Mo- of, I don't can't believe the neither year. of us talked about this <laughs> and what we're watching. Uh, can I say tie? Let me, uh, let, me, let me put this to you like this, bro. I, I When I pull up the schedule, I look at it on ESPN.com. So ESPN, you just got free publicity from us. But part of when I look at the schedule, it tells you ticket prices. And normally it says tickets as low as X. For this game, in New York, mind you, or in Rutherford, New Jersey, shout out New Jersey. If you buy, if you buy the tickets, you they'll give you five dollars worth of Bitcoin. (laughs) Tickets as low as thirteen dollars. Okay, let me put this into perspective for you. My family owns New York Giants season tickets. I inherited them from my grandfather, so it's me and my brother who split them. I never go. We have the very last row in the stadium. Lou, I'm not even kidding. We are the highest seats in the stadium, the last row in the same stadium that the New York Jets play in. Face value for our tickets in our section, $105. And this is sitting here saying tickets as low as $13. People are taking $92 losses on their tickets. Mm. Crazy time we live in. Uh, all that being Best said, game of the year, baby. Best game of the year. That's all it means. The barn burner here. Jaguars. Second se- second week uh, of their coach get get more acclimated and what have you. I'll say Jaguars. I'm taking the Jets. I'm taking the Jets for one reason. Robert Sala. I want Sala to get a win. I'm going to root He's for out. Robert Sala. Is he? He has COVID. The head coach. He just happened today. Now you. I'm taking the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I don't care at all. Uh, I'm taking the Jaguars. Is he really? That, that's pretty sure, yes. I'm Googling this shit. Hold on. We're not advancing any further until I get clarity on this scenario. 
Robert Sala. Just write COVID. News. Yeah, just write COVID. And he's the poster child. <laughs> New York Jets head coach Robert Sala is positive for COVID-19. Therefore, Weston Smith chooses the Jacksonville Jag- Jaguars this week. It's right in the article. I read it word for word. It's from NFL.com, right? Yeah, right, right yeah, Ian Rappaport just reported it. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So I, too, have the Jaguars. Okay. All right. G-Man at Eagles. I'll take the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles as well. Although I think this game, I, I think the Giants could cover. But yeah, that. yeah. Okay, let's put this into perspective. Tickets for this game as low as one hundred and six dollars. Um. All right. So Tampa Bay at Carolina. I'm just going to write in your pick. Tampa Bay. Yeah, me as well. Chargers at Houston. I'm going to write in your pick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, it's Houston. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> I'm taking the Chargers as well. Bears at the Seahawks. I'm gonna have to take the Seahawks. It's yeah. at it's at Seattle. I can't it's at Seattle. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin yeah. Fields going. Not there. gonna go well for him. Uh, Steelers at the Chiefs. At the Chiefs. Uh, the I got picked the best team in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs too. Um, Broncos at Raiders. Bridgewater is not playing. Bridgewater is not playing. I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, I, I gotta take. I, Drew Locke is not it. No, no, he is definitely not it. Washington football team at Dallas Cowboys. I'll take Dallas. I don't know who's playing anymore with, under center with Washington. I know. Although I tell you what, man, I found myself rooting for that kid, Gary Gilbert, last yeah. night. I didn't know much about him, to be honest with you. And then all of a sudden, like getting his story, I'm like, damn, I want this dude to ball out, <laughs> even though I needed I feel like guys. I needed Hertz and Goddard to ball out, and they did for me. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup put up a monster game yep. and by fractions of a point I lost in one of my fantasy playoff leagues. Yeah. Pissed. I feel no. like Dallas has been sputtering as of late on the offensive side of the ball. I know Pollard's a little banged up. Zeke, his knee, Pollard's foot. Offensive line's a little banged up. Tyrone Smith, his back as always. His neck, his back. You know how that rest goes. Doctor uh, says I need a backyatomy. <laughs> but uh, their offense hasn't been as explosive. Uh, there was one point I think they were ranked like second or third in the league, and they've, they've, they've fallen the last three, four weeks. They've been slumping, dude. I think Ever since I that think, Thanksgiving game. Yeah, I think teams – who are on the fringe of the playoffs want to play them or the Bucks right now being dead honest with you. Right. Because I think people are looking at it like Dallas is floundering offensively. And that was always their, but their defense is excelling though. Mika Parsons. Yeah. Micah Parsons. Um, Diggs. Nah. Ozzy Dig- Dugazawa. Diggs you know, I always is... want to drop an Ozzy bomb on you. I know. I know. And I appreciate it. Diggs <laughs> is like, you ever seen the movie Clueless when we were growing up? Total no. Monet. Like, no. he looks good the last, from the, afar. No, because, he, bro, he gives up so many big plays, too. Like, yeah, he but gives up so last, many big plays. You're right, but in that last three weeks, he has he has been stickier in coverage. Who have they played? You play who's on your schedule, bro. That's true. All right, all right, all right. You're stealing pages out of my book now. All right. So you got you got the boys. I got the boys. Monday night, Dolphins at Saints. Ooh. If Saints lost to the Bucks, I think I would have picked the Saints here. This is 
Dolphins as Saints. Give me the Saints. Yeah, I'm I'm Saints too, and you know why I'm the Saints. If the Saints defense is able to do that at home in Tom Brady's house, I can't wait to see what they New do. New Orleans together. is a tough place for Tua to win. Um, yeah. yeah. Talk about quarterbacks. That ain't it. <laughs> so what games are we different? Um, we are different. Minnesota, LA. And 49ers, Titans. That's it? Only two? Those, oh, no, you, you picked the Jags last minute. I should have shut my mouth up on that one. You should have, because I would have gone Jets heavy. You know what? Can I still put go back to the J E T S Jets Jets Jets? I'm gonna you go know, back. This, hey, it's it's your show. You can do whatever you want. You're fucking right, motherfucker. <laughs> um, I'm going back to the Jets, and I'm saying they're gonna win it for Coach Stala. Because I guarantee Mike LaFleur, younger brother of Matt LaFleur, Green Bay's head coach, is going to be the head coach in this game. Let's go get him. Former 49er coordinator, by the way. Go get him, LaFleur. LaFleur. Right. Isn't that from uh, Dodgeball, too? LaFleur. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't yeah. I don't watch many Ben Stiller movies, to be honest with you. Oh, well, we're going to have a little offline uh, chat about this. All right. Yeah, we can talk about it. All right. So let's get it. Let's. We're in the home stretch here. Um time for some of that fantasy football advice where people are now in the semis of most of their leagues they should be in the semis if you're not in the semis you're still in the quarters you got an issue um but you should be in the semis of your league um last week was wild or not COVID. really because a lot yeah. of low scores across the board well, yeah, or if you have Michael Pittman who decides he wants to get thrown out in the middle of the game or Julio Jones who wants to do nothing during the game and and walk out. Uh, Jamar Chase who just wants to disappear from God's green earth in the middle of a Did you nothing. hear what I said? Sure I did because I said it too. I said it too. I said we talked about would have, yeah, it's, they, they would have up. Denver's defense is, is in the secondary. Well. They're different. They match up well. They'll take your Against receivers the Bengals, away. Yeah. All right, give me your number one guy. My number one guy. Uh, my number one. Or just What's the it? guy you're starting with in this conversation. Okay. Uh, I'm on St. Brown. He's been on a tear the last couple of weeks. He scored 24 points, 15 points, 23 points. Atlanta ranked second in the league in touchdowns allowed by wide receivers. Brown, I think, has been like the third or fourth ranked wide receiver over the last three weeks. If you are one of those people that own Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, you, this would be a great replacement. Uh uh, you know, to uh, for uh, for one of those guys who got dinged up and hurt. Uh, so Amon St. Brown of Weston Smith's Detroit Lions. That's true, dude. I pounded for Amaron on the weekend and, and in the past. I just think he's a target monster right now, and he's finding the end zone, which even bodes well. He's actually number one on my list as well. Well, so I, I wanted to so, say it. I'm like, yo, he's I'm definitely gonna have a line. So <laughs> pumped up, right? I yeah, know all lines, right? I'm so pumped up. Um, that you you stole him right now. So then I'll revert to my number two. I'm gonna go with Russell Gage. Um, his name keeps coming up, and he keeps being like tending to be this more fringe player. But I've been high on him for a while. He is he's just a target monster for the Falcons. And if he finds the end zone, plus plus. But he's getting legit ten to twelve targets a week. So if he's getting you seven catches and you're in a PPR and he's getting you 70 to, or even 60 to 80 yards, I mean, you're in the 15-point category for maybe your flex position or maybe your third wide receiver or whatever your format is. Um, 
and I, and he's going against the Detroit Lions secondary, right? On, on top of that, which is, you know, the same thing I would say for St. Brown, right? Like he's going against the Falcons secondary. So I feel like they're both going to eat this week. Um, so I had St. Brown number one. I got Gage num- number two. Do you have a, a number two? I got two number twos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> Yo, I got I, – well, okay, last couple of weeks, what have I been pra- you know, preaching and praising and pounding the table for? Get your handcuffs. Two yep. weeks ago, what did I say? If you have Fournette, pick up Ronald Jones. You, ju- you just don't need some of those players that you have on your bench with so extra kicker, extra defense, uh, your second quarterback. And guess what? It's the Ronald Jones show now out there in Tampa Bay with uh, Fournette going on IR uh, probably for about, you know, three weeks or so. And look who Tampa Bay has to face the next couple of weeks. Panthers, Jets, Panthers. Easily he could put up, you know, halfway decent numbers. Pick up Ronald Jones. And we're staying in Tampa. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, bum hammy. Awful news with Chris Godwin tearing his ACL on the franchise tag. He's out. Antonio Brown possibly could be coming back. Who else do they have to throw to besides Gronk? Antonio Brown should has that rapport with Tom Brady. He should he I could picture Tom Brady force feeding him. Antonio Brown would be another good replacement for Godwin or Mike Evans. Yeah, I, I agree. Um I'm I'm like devastated over this Leonard Fournette because I got him so cheap and so late in one of my leagues that I finished number one overall. And to the mere fact that, like, I have him down, I have Evans down, I got Tyreek in COVID protocol, and I'm coming off a bye week, and I'm just like, ah! Like, thankfully, my team is is pretty deep here, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, why don't I have a... I'm oh, sorry. I guess the waiver doesn't go through. I was making a pickup as we're talking. <laughs> You're like, wow, that was that was a good suggestion. What? Okay, that's so funny. So let me give you my last one. Um, Lou, I've seen the errors in my ways, and I'm calling out Javante Williams this week, and I'll talk oh, more you about are. it this weekend if you hear us, and this is not a cop-out. I What have I said all week? All year, I've said I'm not the hugest fan of Javante because it's a timeshare. So if you have opportunities to get backs that are not timeshare, and Melvin Gordon's been the number one guy in terms of touches, in turn, in, and I think the the tide is finally changing. Javante, three of the last four weeks, if you're in a full PPR league, twenty plus points. I think he has a very favorable matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders this weekend. And I think we're now at the point of the season. Broncos are still alive, still trying to make a push. We talked about how tight that AFC West is. I think now is when you're going to see the tilt. So I'm no dummy. I know Javante is on everybody's roster. He's rostered, right? But if this, like, to me, this is the week. If you haven't already been starting him, he needs to go in. That's why I saved it for number three, essentially, on my list, because it's a little bit more obvious than the other two. Um, but I think this is, now is due time to pull the trigger and get him into your lineup. All right, listeners, and we'll give you some behind-the-scenes access right now. Last week, we are on uh, Jay's podcast uh, <laughs> talking about fantasy football. Uh, Weston did not have faith in ye old Javante Williams. Did not have I faith not. whatsoever. Uh, Jason quickly announced that he will be relieving Weston of his fancy football duties on his podcast because <laughs> of not having ye old faith in Javante Williams. This is a literally live 
on-air proposal to like, hey, baby, take me back type stuff right now. I, so <laughs> I've seen the errors in my ways. I'm so sorry. I love you. Um, good news for me is Lou can't make this weekend, so I'm going to be begged to be back anyway. No, I'm just kidding. That was a lot of fun. So if you guys, uh, you know, for our fantasy football players and, you know, the, the few listeners we do have, I know they all play fantasy football. It's a lot of fun on Sundays. We laugh more than we do anything else. Um, try to give you some insight on, on who maybe to play. And, you know, I know Lou and I are a bunch of goofballs, but our record uh, does precede us. We both do tend to do pretty well in fantasy football and have some, some good track records. And, oh, lo and behold, from time to time, we know what we're talking about too, right? So if you're looking for some advice, I know the season's almost over, but if you're trying to win your league, um, let us know. Uh, check us out on Sundays. It's Jason Aponte show. But Lou, that that wraps it up for us. Um, a lot of fun. We're here now at the the holiday season. Um, I want to wish you and your family uh, a very merry Christmas. Um, I'm, I'm going to send the Han- the Hanukkah armadillo or the holiday armadillo or whatever he is to to anybody and, else out there. And uh, uh, Weston, I would like to wish you and your family a happy Festivus. Yes, thank you. The rest of us. Uh, May your feet I- be mighty. Yes, and I cannot wait for the airing of a grievances next week. Yes, because there's going to be it plenty, starts. Sure. Uh, Festival starts on the 27th. So. Can't wait. Can't wait. Best <laughs> holiday of the year. Um, but to everybody, again, that wraps us up for week 15, heading into week 16. Um, a lot of fun, happy, and, and, and safe holidays. And you'll hear from us next week. Also, check us out. We're going to be live. Lou, don't forget, this is also a reminder to you. Next Tuesday uh-huh. night. We're supposed to be with Jesse Naylor, who runs within the, the 49ers community, asked us to hop on. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I, I just think it's going to be anything NFL. We'll have a lot of fun, but that'll be uh, – we'll post that out um, after that wraps next Thank- Tuesday as well. Definitely thanks for reminding me. I'll have to get my eyebrows and eyelashes done for that show. Thank you. Get them done, man. You want to bat them and look pretty, baby. You know, uh-huh. you are you are the looks of the show. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Buttering you up before the holiday. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's enough buttering each other's uh, beanbag for the evening. I uh, appreciate everybody. <laughs> well, you'll hear from us later. Adios. <laughs>